0: I want to kill myself. I don't want. Right. I don't. I don't want to get out of the. T- Yolanda,
1: do you have a gun in the
0: truck? How would you my head. No, don't do that, Yolanda. Point the gun down. Lay the gun on the floor.
1: I can't. Larry, what? Did you be you take on I do. you're hurting real bad and you're crying, Yolanda. But I can't understand too much
0: about what you're saying. Do you know how to unload it? <laughs> you know how to unload it? But I have to. Please help me out. I want to kill myself, but I don't have the nerve to pull the trigger. I don't deserve to live. Yes, you do. Look what
1: Singer,
2: model, fashion designer, actress, and businesswoman. Selena was on her way to superstardom with an English crossover album on the way. The talented star's life was cut short at the tender age of 23. Welcome to part two of Selena, where we will dive deeper into the mind of her killer and the twisted obsession that led her behind bars. With that said, roll the theme music.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Strange Heartland podcast. I'm Mike,
2: and I'm Jory.
0: And tonight we are covering part two of our Selena case, and we're going over the murder of Selena. Who? Well, Jory, I mean, explain it. Who? Who was she? For those for people who don't know. So, for those
2: of you who haven't listened to part one yet. Selena was a very popular Tijano female artist, which was kind of a big deal during her time because there weren't very many females in that industry. Uh, Started by her father, Abraham Quintanilla, and along with her fellow siblings, uh, AB and Suzette, they worked their way up to superstardom in the industry. She was very beloved. She, um, if you watch or look up any interviews of Selena or have seen the movie with JLo lo or recently the new Netflix series that came out about a year ago, she was just a very bubbly, genuine person. Um, I think the one thing that always really stood out the most to me growing up as a kid was she was just very authentic and real. There were many interviews where, you know, they'd be like, Selena, like, what do you do to stay so you know slim and stuff and she'd be like i drink coca-cola and i eat pizza you know she really was this famous person who just acted just very normal like a normal person uh one of the biggest things that i kind of took away while really deep diving uh into her whole world and her case was sadly she really didn't make mainstream, like, true mainstream nationwide, like, popularity until her death. Obviously, she was very well known throughout Texas, Corpus Christi, which was her hometown where she resided. I mean, she was born in Link Jackson, but... She really didn't reach complete, just nationwide popularity until her death in 95, and then obviously the biopic starring J.Lo came out in 97, which is really interesting because for a biopic movie and the timeline between when someone has passed away and when they made the movie, it was a very short period of time, so if that kind of gives you a very broad spectrum of how beloved Selena was, I think that says a lot right there that she died in 95 and right away a movie was made about her in 97.
0: Right. Mm -hmm.
2: That's really what we're going to talk about. And I really encourage people to go back and listen to part one where we just, we talk about her and how just basically, you know, how she was born, her family and all that. And we talk about how she met Yolanda Salivar and we cover the day that she was shot. And in this episode, we are going to talk more about Yolanda. We're going to talk about how her obsession with Selena began. Uh, We're going to play, I have a couple audio clips of... Also, I want to correct myself. For some reason, I kept calling Abraham Abram. I don't know why. (laughs) So I'm sure people are going to give me a lot of crap for that. Sal Devar. Gosh, I always forget like a letter or something. Well, I'm an idiot, guys. (laughs) All right, so let's dive into this. Did you want to catch up on anything, Mike, or you ready to go?
0: I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get this this rolling.
2: All right. Okay. Yolanda Saldivar Saldivar. Now i got to remember the D's in there, even though I just kind of want to call her. (laughs) I would just rather just call her bitch through the whole thing because she is just crazy. Uh, Was born September 19th, 1960 in San Antonio, Texas to Frank and Juanita Saldivar. And she is one. And this is interesting because I've heard it was between seven and eight children. Either way, she came from a very big family and she was the youngest Mm. from an early age starting as young as her elementary school days yolanda was bullied she was mainly teased about her weight and she just had a big like a hard time making friends which as we get more down the rabbit hole in this case makes a lot of sense uh, due to the bullying and teasing, she isolated herself a lot from school activities. In the course of her grade school days, Yolanda transferred between a total of three different schools. She graduated high school in 1979. So, for the most part, a lot of what I read is she. I think there was like one club. I think I read somewhere that she was involved in, but for the most part, she was just very studious and kind of kept her nose down in her academics and stuff like that. Yeah. So, going into college years, she was accepted at the University of Texas in 1985, but later transferred to Palo Alto College? Palo Palo Alto. Palo Palo Alto. I wasn't sure if it was going to be Palo or Palo Alto College, where she studied to be a registered nurse. On December 10th of 1990, Londa received her bachelor's in science and nursing from Texas International University. And then later in March 1990, she received her license from the board, and upon graduating, she accepted a nursing position with the Texas Medical Center. From there, she earned an income of 60000 a year. And then one thing I found really, really interesting because being a big Selena fan and loving the movie and then also watching the the Netflix series, I was really kind of taken back when I read that she was apparently married as well as had three adopted children and one of them being her, her nieces.
0: Wow, yeah. That's I weird. never,
2: yeah, because <laughs> I've never, Never got the impression that she was ever married, or like I knew she lived at home with her mother, and I think her sister. But never did I ever get the impression that Yolanda had a husband. So I couldn't find anywhere if, you know, if that wasn't a divorce or whatever happened to the husband. So there's just a lot of weird stuff like that. I just noticed that when I went into research, there was just a lot of just kind of like missing plot lines, I would feel like, in her story and stuff like that, which doesn't surprise me because especially as we move on to previous lawsuits and court dates, that seemed to been missed when she got hired by Selena Because, you know, obviously the biggest thing that led to the shooting of Selena was that she was eventually let go from her position at the boutique. She was confronted by the Cantania family um, over basically missing financial documentations. They were getting lots of phone calls and letters from the fan club that they had paid for their stuff and they weren't receiving it. A lot of upset fans. And that was a lot of what started this in the whole first place. So uh, Dr. Faustino Gomez, which he was a dermatologist, was one of her former employers, ended up suing Alanda over 9200 back in 1983. Oh wow. Yeah, he claimed that she had stole this from him. Eventually the lawsuit was settled, but then two months later, she found herself back in court because she was failing to pay her school loans. So she's already got a history in the court already right. before she's even yeah. gone down this obsession, you know? So she's already got a history, which is really interesting to me. It just really paints a picture of how it was a different time back in the eighties and nineties, because I don't feel like, especially now with technology and background checks, there's no way that that's gonna go, they're gonna miss that. Someone's gonna pick up on that. Right, yeah. So during this time also, she was switching between hospitals a lot. So shortly after the court case, she switched from where she was currently working and I tried to do some research but I really couldn't find just really like pinpointed like dates and stuff like that for when she was working for Dr. Gomez and if that was at her first hospital because I was under the impression that she was just a general nurse. I never thought once that she was working in a particular, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? A particular practice in the hospital I thought she was just a general ER nurse.
0: Sure, yeah. It looks like she was working there in the early 80s. She didn't graduate with a nursing degree until 1990s. So she was probably working, you know, like not necessarily doing like nursing intern,
2: Like internship and stuff like that. Because when you're in medical school, you know, you do a lot of internship while you're still in medical school. Before you actually go, you graduate and then you would go get a residency. And then, I mean, if anybody who's watched Grey's Anatomy, they kind of, or ER or any kind of doctor show, they kind of show you the extensive steps that you have to take. So, yeah, I didn't even pick up on that. That's a really good point. You know, this is 1983 that he's claiming that she stole this money.
0: Right. Mm hmm.
2: Which also, since I couldn't find, you know, any more information on that particular part of her life, who knows if she was actually doing any kind of nursing while she was in school. She might have just been, you know, like his receptionist, receptionist sure. or something. Yeah. And that's how she was able to steal money from him.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe she worked for the administrative staff or something.
2: Yeah. So anyway, during this time, she's obviously switched hospitals, and she moves to St. Luke's Lutheran Hospital. And then, within the next four years, she would also hold employment at two different hospitals. So just a lot of things that I've noticed about her is there's just a lot of inconsistencies. There's a lot of bouncing around from different, you know, job employments and stuff like that. She's just got a lot of stuff already going on that poses red flags. So the obsession begins. Let's see here, real quick. Because she started the fan club. She started the fan club in 1991, which is the year that I was born. Around 1989 and 1991, which is when Selena was really starting to finally take off in her career and really grow as an artist, is I'm assuming right around this time. It had to be like 89 because if the fan club was started in 91, but I was really taken aback by this because it It's already a red flag to me because I already read in several places that she was originally a country music fan and she wasn't a big fan of Tejano in the first place. Yolanda was originally a fan of country music and between this time she attended a Shelly Lara's concert which she ended up approaching Shelly with the idea to start a fan club, which was really interesting to me because it could have not been Selena. Right, yeah. Shelly's father was very much like Abraham and he was very big on the only people to work for his daughter had to be family. So he he ultimately denied the request to Yolanda. I'm not so sure if it was... Sh- somewhere I read that it was phrased like Shelly was her friend, but I think whoever did the research meant to put that she went to a Shelly Lawrence concert and was able to talk to her because she originally wanted to do the fan club for her, but somewhere along the way, somebody put Selena on her radar and said that it would be easier for her to start a fan club for Selena.
1: Yeah. So hmm. she ends
2: up going to a Selena concert and it basically kicks off from there. And I've between all the research, so from the Anything for Selena episode, which I trust that source a lot better you know she went to a lot of concerts she met selena multiple times she did approach abraham face to face about a fan club but i know she did consistently call him multiple times and finally he gave in you know told selena hey maybe we should contact her she seems like a nice lady we don't really have anybody manning you know a fan club Let's go ahead and give her a try. And like we said in part one, she ended up growing the small fan club that was just like a few hundred to like 1500 and a small period of time. But it's just really interesting to me because based off all the information that I've actually researched, she really did just kind of pop up. There was just a lot of red flags that went, you know, underneath the rug and she just kind of weaseled her way in. I've read in People magazine, I've watched tons of interviews with Abraham. You know, they said they liked Yolanda and Yolanda would come over, they would eat dinner with her, you know. She was in Suzette's wedding. They really did trust her and if you've if you've really watched Abraham throughout Selena's career. He is a very protective person. I've even seen interviews, or not interviews, but I've heard audio of people asking questions because every once in a while, if you actually go to Q Productions, which is the family's production studio, which is now a memorabilia, um, basically like a living memorial for Selena. It's a museum that her sister Suzette is head of and runs with her father. Every once in a while, it's said that Abraham will actually be there and he'll give personal tours and. he'll do like a little Q&A with people who come in and a lot of people will have asked like why are you so portrayed as you're so mean to Salida you're so angry all the time so he's already kind of got a little bit of god I'm just like struggling for words tonight he's got a little bit of a rapport with how people view him in a way. So he was very, very protective of this whole situation. And it's just also heartbreaking because some of the other interviews that I've seen, he's also said, you know, maybe if I would have never pushed my family to be in this business, in this industry, if I just would have got a normal job, maybe she would still be here with us today. You know, and just another thing that also stood out to me, Selena really was just like a humbly, like a very humble person. Because in one interview, they asked her, you know, what would you do if you, you weren't a pop star? You weren't a tano, you know, in the tano industry. And she's like, I don't know, work at a fast food restaurant. Oh, wow. She really, really was just grateful for the whole ride that she had. Right. And being close with her family and stuff like that. So,
0: yeah, she seemed like a, a very genuine person.
2: Yeah, so it's just really heartbreaking that this person just kind of... But that's how people that are very toxic and people that are gaslighters, that's how they start. They, they play off being very likable. They're going to do anything to get everybody around them to trust them. And then eventually when people start to sniff out their bullshit, they quickly start to unravel because they can't keep the illusion up anymore with the people around them.
0: So this must have been a plan of Yolanda's then. Hmm? I mean, because she tried to start, I mean, it seems like a scheme. She's tried to start it with Shelly Lorez, but that didn't go through. And so she was going to try it with Selena.
2: Yeah. It almost really does kind of come off like that in yeah. a way. Like when I mean, you, she's not
0: even a fan of the music to be, yeah, you know, but yeah, mean, like, yeah, apparently until, on.
2: yeah, until Selena, she wasn't a huge, you know, and then just, To me, just the red flags of apparently as she got into doing like the fan club for Selena. Basically, she finds Selena. She goes to a couple concerts. And all of a sudden, everywhere I read, it's like she starts losing interest in nursing. Like she's worked hard. She's gone to school. She's got a nursing degree. It pays really good money. I know it said that she was working part time because of her kids that were adopted. We don't even know what the, the whole thing is with the husband, which... Interestingly enough, I have a problem with that too. I wish I could find more. Like, did she get a divorce? Was he abusive? Like, because later when we get down to the day, just kind of going back and backtracking on the day that Selena died, she calls Selena early in the morning, claiming that she was raped across the border and that she needs Selena to drive her to the hospital. Selena drives her to the hospital and they do an examination on her and they find no trace of assault. So that's just really interesting because if she was married and she has a husband, you'd think you would call your husband. And furthermore, if you have a husband, what are you doing, you know, far from home in a situation that you're getting assaulted? Not saying people get assaulted all the time when they're just out on vacation or whatever. But you know what I mean? It's just, it doesn't add... It doesn't add up in the line of events of from the time that she was confronted to the time that she was let go. And then just, like, other weird stuff that I've, I've read and heard while researching this. Um, apparently, like, her house or her room was, like, a living shrine to Selena, almost... So also just the fact that when I was listening to that deep dive podcast, multiple episode series, I never heard anything about a husband. There's been nothing in any kind of other research other than the one article that I read somewhere that she apparently was married at some point. So I don't know if she was like I said, I don't know if she was married really early and then he just ran off or what it all just seems like it it snowballs really quick i'm in college i'm a nurse not interested in that anymore i go to a shelly larson concert somebody tells me about selena all of a sudden i'm a fan even though i was a country fan and now i'm constantly calling this star's father to start a fan club it's very, right. weird, very
0: yeah, weird very weird very weird
2: so just a lot of other interesting stuff i really encourage people to go back and watch any footage like actual footage from during that time that they can find yolanda in it or any pictures she's always standing like right behind selena all the time right behind selena um also the other interesting thing that I found was anybody who's watched the 1997 biopic of Selena, there's a scene where Yolanda gives her a ring that, I don't know if it necessarily looked like an egg, but I know that she was given a ring. Um, I know that she was said to call her mom, apparently, which is also interesting. And I know people have like, they have like their second moms and stuff like that. And that's just shows kind of how Yolanda thought that she could just kind of be a leech in Selena's life because Marcella, which is Selena's mom, she's always been close with everybody in her family. She's been close with her mom, her dad, you know suzette and her were super close i've watched countless interviews with suzette and they've always talked about there was never any competition between her and selena they did everything together i mean selena as people know she had her boutique that she opened near to her death and growing up with her family they always designed their own clothes you know she was always sketching her own clothes And actually, one Selena fact that I have is one of her leather jackets actually resides in the Smithsonian Museum. Oh, wow. Today. That's cool. And I didn't know that. So just really, it's just really sad because even Abraham, who is a super protective guy, I mean, everybody knows the story of... You know selena and her husband chris perez at one point chris perez everybody knows the famous scene if you've seen the movie there's that scene where abraham's like you will no longer see him or there will no longer be a selena's enos dinos like he's he's very protective to the point that he doesn't even want a boy entering selena's life because she's very young at this point she was 23 when she died so she's early 20s and he's very concerned he doesn't want his daughter to throw her life away. They've worked so hard. She's on her way to superstardom. They're working towards an English crossover album, you know, and which eventually leads Selena to secretly run off and elope with Chris Perez. So he's he comes off a little controlling sometimes. So it's interesting that he never really picked up on any red flags on Yolanda, but I think that's just how manipulative she was. She was very good of... I'm going to take care of everything. And with how genuine Selena was and a bubbly person, I think people just kind of trusted Selena's instincts a little bit more until all of a sudden people from the fan club started calling and talking poorly about Selena and wondering why their signed photos, their merchandise, whatever the club entailed that they would receive for, you know, it's basically today's version of Patreon. You know, back in the day, instead of logging on a website, you you mailed it in. You mailed in your 5 bucks and you got your signed photo of Selena and whatever else you were going to get for that month. So,
0: did you did you talk about the ring? Yeah, it had brought the ring, but I don't think you talked about it.
2: The ring is real. So that was something cuz I was watching on Reels. Um I didn't find I was trying to find somewhere where I could I really just didn't have time to be honest with my job right now at the post office but there's a documentary on reels the reenactment isn't that great but they break down basically how they talk about leading up to when she was shot she follows Yolanda into the hotel room She's finally like, okay, I'm done. You've dragged me to this hospital. You've claimed that you've been assaulted. Yolanda, I just want the records. You're no longer gonna work for me. We've been over this. And basically at this point, she's also saying, you're no longer gonna be in my life. And at that point, it's depicted that Yolanda grabs the gun out of her purse, points it at Selena. Selena turns around to try to run out the door and that's when she shoots her in the back of her shoulder. But it was also stated that I noticed in the reels thing in between that whole time when she's saying that she's done with the relationship, she's taking the ring off her finger. But I could never find anywhere um, in the evidence or any of the research if that was part of the evidence at the crime scene. Because in the movie, the 1997 movie, when she's being um, transferred to the hospital and she flatlines... Or she is in the hospital, they have a close-up of JLo's hand, and in her hand is the is the ring, and the ring falls from her hand on the ground. So leading up to her murder on March 31st, it's just it's sad. Cause I want to play some of the news report because it really did send Texas spiraling. And anybody who was a fan of her spiraling, because within matter like a matter of hours in the time that she was pronounced dead and it hit the mainstream media fans within the surrounding area had made their way to the days in and were standing behind the tape just watching everything unfold watching yolanda in this standoff that was almost like half a day long from the moment that she had shot selena yeah
0: so why don't we go ahead and do that this is the news report of selena's death march 31st 1995. <laughs> This is 6
1: News at 6 with today's top story. One of
2: the biggest stars in Tejano music, Corpus Christi's Selena, is dead.
0: The woman suspected of shooting Selena is still holding police at bay. You're looking at a live picture right now coming to you from navigation where the standoff continues. She has a gun and has a pointed at her head. It's our top story tonight, Friday,
1: March 31st, 1995. 11 news is next. A star faded away today. Tejano music queen Selena has been gunned down in Corpus Christi. We'll take you to Lake Jackson, where she grew up and left her mark. Live reports from Corpus, where the shooting suspect has just been taken into custody. 11 News at 10. She was uh, starting to bloom, not only as a person, but as an artist. Those are the words tonight from the father of a superstar singing sensation. Overwhelmed by emotion after the death of his daughter, Selena has been shot dead at a Corpus Christi motel. And just minutes ago, a nearly day-long standoff between police and a woman believed to be the shooter ended dramatically in the motel parking lot.
0: As the suspect held police at bay, threatening to kill herself, hundreds of fans gathered at the crime scene.
1: I think for all, of Corpus
0: Christi is a very sad thing. For all Texas wine. It's gonna be a big disappointment to a lot of people who are following her and wanted to see her you know become more than she was i mean she was a big star already she was headed for a better direction as for the suspect she was said to be a disgruntled employee who worked for selena and was the former president of selena's fan club selena's father told reporters there was a dispute over discrepancies in some business records the woman was keeping
1: the woman has been identified as
0: yolanda salabar she is now in custody the standoff in corpus christi is now over marlene
2: so now we're going to dive into the court case and the trial of Yolanda. It's just crazy because it really kind of was an an open and closed case because the only thing that the defense had was they stated that it was an accident, which I don't know how she was even confident enough to have her defense team defend that it was an accident because... They had the maid that heard the shot at the Days Inn. They have the 911 call of the spectator standing by that was at the Days Inn saying that her name was Yolanda, that she shot a girl named Selena. She says the singer, which we'll be able to play that audio clip here after I go over the court case. Um, You have the gardener. And then um, I couldn't find any of the audio clip. Uh, of it, but a standby did say that they saw Yolanda say, "Get, um, get back here, you bitch." So, as we know, Selena did make it to the lobby of the Days Inn where she collapsed, and she did say that Yolanda shot her, and she was able to say the room number before she lost consciences. Con- <laughs> consciences. Oh my god, I cannot freaking talk today. Words are hard. Um, And the paramedics showed up to take her to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Obviously, on the other side, um, the family is representing that Yolanda shot Selena on the terms of that she was confronted of Potential embezzlement from Selena and the Quintanilla family. So, uh, one of the big interesting things that I read, which I'm not surprised by, was that the trial where it was being held in Corpus Christi was moved to Houston, Texas because uh, her lawyers somehow successfully argued that she could not receive a fair trial. In her hometown, which I completely understand. I mean, you mm-hmm. just shot Corpus Christi's beloved Tejano singer, mm-hmm. so yeah, that I mean, that makes sense. But in all honesty, I don't think she really had a chance going to Houston either. Because another fun fact from that I'm going to kind of slide in here was Beyonce was a fan of Selena, and actually, in the new Netflix series, they actually depicted a young Beyonce Knowles having a run-in with Selena at the mall. She didn't really get to say anything to her. She just kind of was starstruck and said hi to her. Um, But that was kind of cool because Selena has inspired a lot of famous artists that we know today and have inspired them. So there were no cameras. That explains when I was doing my research, I couldn't find anything on the trial. I couldn't watch anything because um, there were absolutely no cameras allowed in the trial and I have a feeling that's due to the Kentnia family because they're very um, they're very private even though everybody would have been watching Yolanda I could understand why they probably just, No cameras, nothing. So I'm assuming that's the reason. But uh, CNN did report that they were allowed to have cameras. They're allowed to have cameras basically outside of the courtroom and stuff like that. Um, The biggest thing that was controversial was that the police did have a signed confession from Saldivar in which that she stated that she did shoot Selena. During an argument over accusations from the sneaker's father. So that was really interesting that they had signed documentation, but her defense is still arguing that it was an accident. Because,
1: right.
2: <laughs> okay, so you're admitting that you shot somebody, but how do you shoot somebody by accident? And probably the biggest connection that I felt really stupid about when I was listening to all these podcasts about her, I never put the connection together. She's a nurse. So she knew where to shoot. She probably knew where to shoot Selena. And especially that we know that she bought the gun days before this incident went down. And it was also said um, that Selena had seen the gun. Because I know we talked about in part one that there was also a night where Chris accompanied Selena to go attempt to get documentation from Saldivar at one point too, and she made it back home safely. So I'm thinking she knew where to shoot, shooter. Because when I was watching the Reels documentation where they were talking about when she was shot and they were playing out the whole scene, they said the doctors literally said that if it would have just been a little bit to the left of her, what was it? Hold on, I'm gonna play it real quick so I know how to say it properly. So I just, sorry, I just wanna know how to say it right. That's all right. Sorry guys, I'm not a doctor, (laughs) so the other things that are hard for me, other than pronouncing people's names, are medical terms. (laughs) Synclavian. Synclavian. So yeah, so basically this documentary I was watching, all the doctors that testified said that if it would have hit just a little, just basically... A little bit higher, a little bit lower, a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right. It just happened to hit perfectly where it hit her said clavial artery and completely severed it. Just severed it. So it was a complete, the the bullet actually went in her back and exited her front. Which is crazy to think because I could not imagine being shot in the back. The wound actually fully exits and I'm able to run that just shows how much like the adrenaline in your body in the moment. Right, That's insane right. because she, cause she made it. She made it to the lobby where she was able to say Yolanda's name and the room number and call for help before collapsing. Right. And before the paramedics. But she died an hour later. So she, she lost a lot of blood. So let me pull my notes back up. The prosecution had pointed out. The big obvious, like the very big obvious thing that I felt stupid about was that she was a trained nurse and she won. She never called 911 or tried to help Selena herself because of being a trained nurse. She could have done something that never crossed my mind. And the whole time that I've been a Selena fan, that I've watched the movie, like that just shows how much like out of sight, out of mind of her being a nurse kind of, kind of went underneath the rug, you know? Another big thing that was pointed out was that the pistol that she had bought, it was a five shot 38 Cal revolver, which this particular gun requires 11 pounds of pressure when the the trigger on the trigger to fire it. So basically what this means is this can only occur like this can only happen when the trigger is intentionally pulled. So she didn't even buy a gun, like a random gun just to shoot. She obviously bought a specific gun to kill. So this had to be premeditated at this point. She's spiraling out of control. She's losing Selena so she's gonna take everything absolutely everything um here in a bit i have a clip from the 2020 special where they have a psychologist breaking down parts of yolanda's interview and basically just talking about like how she was spiraling out of control that it was basically premeditated all this stuff it's crazy so i definitely want to put that in the show notes, and I definitely want to pay, play a little bit of that, because it's it's just so crazy. From all of her interviews, she's like, Selena's gonna forgive me. I wish, and then at one point, she's like, I wish it the bullet would've took me. Like, she's never consistent in anything she says, and she's very, like, very very creepy, and it's eerie. She's very calm. She's very calm, quiet, and smooth when she talks in her inter- 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 interviews. It's creepy basically the judge um did not give the jury any option for any lesser charge of manslaughter or negligent homicide negligent Hmm. homicide jesus so basically you know the defense didn't really have anything like if i would have been watching this case as it unfolded i mean what other options did she have it doesn't look good it's just not a good look for her all across the board right You know, she's calling Selena, constantly leading up to this. She's bought a gun... Like, there's just a lot of stuff working against her. So the jury, um, it took them two hours to deliberate before finding Yolanda guilty of murder. And she was sentenced on October 23rd of 1995 with parole eligibility set for 30 years, which is crazy to think because she is eligible p- for parole in 2025. Mm-hmm. It's about to be 2022 in <laughs> January.
0: Right, yeah.
2: So that's crazy. Um, She's currently in the Gatesville, Texas, jail and uh, she's obviously she got a um, serving a life sentence we'll see what happens in 2025 but here's the thing she's actually from what I researched at least two attempts to try to appeal her case and um in the 19... It was either the 1998 interview or the 2020 special. She claims that she has evidence that was never presented in court. And the person interviewing her is like, okay, well then why didn't you ever bring that up? And she's just very vague about it. She basically claims that she's got evidence and video documentation that Selena was having an affair and that basically she wanted Yolanda to help her leave Chris and she also claims that she had
0: a suitcase of clothes. I would really like to see this evidence.
2: Yeah. Oh, I think it was like in 2008. It was like early 2000s, but she sends her lawyer on this wild goose hunt to all these different banks, basically in Texas, because she claims that she has the evidence in a safety deposit box. She sends them on a week-long goose chase, and they don't find anything. I agree with other people, and I think that she just wanted to be put back in the media, you know, and not forgotten about. I mean, I don't even know why she would even want to try to appeal, because Selena died in 1995. It is now 2022, almost 2022, and Selena is still wildly beloved. People do not like Yolanda. She is not favored by any anyone so much that when she was, when she's been in jail... She literally spends 23 hours of of her day in a 9x6 prison cell. She's only been allowed to purchase a radio from the commissary, and she can have two-hour visits with family and friends each week. And part of why she spends all her time in a 9x6 jail cell is because inmates who were fans of Selena have threatened her and sent her letters and have shown violence to her because they don't like her. So she's literally in a 9x6 cell. For 23 hours a day for how long she's been in jail right because right. she's that hated she's literally like the latino umbrage from harry potter mm-hmm. in the living like i don't know what she thinks is gonna happen for all the times that she's trying to appeal her case that she would have a life outside of jail
0: right what else we got
2: um oh <laughs> So the other thing when I was reading was when she's claiming that she has a diary and a letter and a video proving that she basically had an affair behind Chris's back. Um, the name of the guy that she gives, it sounds made up. Ricardo Martinez.
0: Mm, like, Ricardo Martinez.
2: And apparently he was chief financer of, like, Selena's clothing business. But when I was listening to anything for Selena... I thought
0: there was, like, a doctor that...
1: She
2: see, but I think I was character. getting confused between the doctor that was suing Yolanda. Oh, okay. So I just know that there was somebody in the, in the mix. I think um, when I remember listening to anything for Selena... I think um, he it was said that he might be a doctor, but it's it's Yolanda. she's been making up a whole bunch of stuff like nothing that nothing that she says has any like substance to stick like it has no support to it. You see Selena and who she is. I have a hard time believing that she would ever have an affair behind Carissa's back. like she was already so young, she was very hopelessly hopeless in love, not saying that people, you know, aren't capable of that but selena was consistent as who she was as a person
0: all right Mm -hmm.
2: you know and when yolanda was finally confronted for the stealing she became very inconsistent in her behaviors and stuff like that another interesting fact was the revolver used to kill selena was misplaced after the trial
0: Yeah, how does that happen? Yeah, I know.
2: It's really weird. There was really not a lot of context there. I could imagine probably why, because I don't think anybody in a court of law is going to admit that they fucked up and misplaced evidence. But eventually they did find it in a reporter's home, and I guess they ended up, like, dismantling it, and the pieces were thrown in the Corpus Christi Bay. But, like, how do you... What? A reporter did that? Yeah, like, how do you how do you misplace the gun that killed selena like after the trial like how do you yeah just just crazy stuff okay so march 31st 2008 was uh the last time that she had petitioned to file so, it was filed in 2000 with the 214th District Court, but it was never sent to higher court. So, that was the whole thing where she's claiming that she has evidence and stuff that could ruin the Quintanilla family. I'm like, lady, you don't, like, you have no grounds to stand on. You could literally be bleeding the truth. If there was any kind of truth, I really feel like she could bleed the truth about something and no one's gonna believe her. Like, she is, she's crazy. Like, when we play some of the interviews, It's just, it gives me chills. Especially when she, like, there's one point where she's like, I know when I see Selena in heaven, she'll forgive me. She'll forgive me.
0: Yeah, wow.
2: Like, what it's just crazy but that is the case of selena and yolanda saldivar uh so i thought we just kind of end on a couple selena facts i really hope i did a good job on this story there was there's so much information it almost feels like overload i i honestly had a couple anxiety attacks writing out this story because there's just so much There's so many layers to the Kitania family, Selena, Yolanda, court case, the day that she died. It's it's crazy. I would have never thought when I set off on this journey to find everything I could about Selena, I never thought there was going to be this much. Like I said, I've been a big fan. Since I was little, I always loved the movie with JLo. Never did I think that I would find a podcast where I would find that there were claims that um, she had an affair. The biggest thing that I found out from anything for Selena was there was a theory out there that her and Yolanda were lesbian lovers.
0: I like that one a lot. <laughs> That's was so just, far-fetched to me.
2: I know, because she's 34 years old and she also is... She's been said to call her mom like what kind of fucked up lesbian relationship is this like to me that's way too far out there that's way too far out there so it just that's part of why i love true crime is because sometimes the things people will premeditate to justify why something happened just blows my mind sometimes but then again if we talk about like ted bundy's case some of the stuff and that he did in his lifetime sound sounds made up too but it happened so crazy um <clears throat> so just some fun facts oh actually one of the biggest fun facts that i found out about her was selena had actually played a role as a starstruck mariachi singer in a 1995 rom-com entitled don juan de marco that starred johnny depp marlon brando and faye dunaway
0: oh i i think that's seen that.
2: Yeah. I didn't get a chance to look I look up the YouTube. Uh actually let's do that real quick. I wanna see if I can find a clip of her in the movie. But that was like a Selena fact that I absolutely like the one that I never knew about. And I knew she had a deal with Coca Cola because she loved Coca Cola. So she had a huge marketing deal with them.
0: Oh that's awesome.
2: There was a lot of commercials that obviously I had never seen before.
0: Were they like down in Texas in that area? They would air down there locally.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. I would have to remind myself when Selena was on her way to superstardom, I was just born. I was born in November of 1991 when she really started to, like, skyrocket. So right um, yeah. now that I've got into the story, I started finding, like, all this footage of her that I'd never seen before. I watched all these interviews. I really liked um, watching the interviews of her because, of, I mean, she, she didn't... English is her first language. She didn't know Spanish, so... I really liked, like I talk about in part one... I love how the Anything for Selena podcast really talks about what Selena meant to those who were Mexican-American and Spanish was not their full language, like their first language, because she Mm. specifically learned Spanish to be in the Tejano industry. And I love watching videos of her where she's um, going back and forth, speaking English and speaking Spanish. And she's, she's sitting there laughing at herself on public television when she ends up messing up a word or she doesn't know how to say a word in Spanish like she was not going to let anybody get her down she did the work
0: yeah I would like to learn how to speak Spanish I think it's uh I think it's an awesome language to learn especially here in America mm-hmm. so when she passed away I was five so I don't really remember vaguely remember saying things on tv and stuff like that but I was five like I was more obsessed with like Batman and playing with uh, Batman toys and stuff like mm-hmm. that you know what I mean And then when the movie came out, I was like seven or eight. So even then I still wasn't like in it. You know what I mean? Like I didn't really comprehend, you know, what this was about. And so revisiting it over the years, especially now talking to you about it, it's been really interesting. So see how much of an impact it had at the time with uh, people, you know?
2: Well, it's just crazy. Like... After all these years, her legacy still lives on. How many people love Selena? How many people you can go on TikTok and see Selena impersonators? People who, you know, learn her dance music and just how much she made an impact on the world. And it's just it's just really heartbreaking that the whole world didn't know who Selena was until she passed away because she you watch interviews of j-lo lady gaga and all these stars talking about her there really truly will never be another selena i mean she was the full package deal she came from a hardworking family she was mexican-american so she already came from struggle she rose above that she could sing she could act she designed her own clothing line i mean she graduated high school before i think i read before she was even 18 and even while touring she um she even earned a business degree in college oh, well wow. in between this and another thing was selena was a big advocate for school shoes she would go and talk to children at schools all the time advocating stay in school get your degree she goes i tour all around the country and i got my i got my co- high school degree and i have a college degree she was a big advocate for kids staying in school i mean and she was just she was a good role model i don't have anything else um i guess the only other things is i do want to release a patreon video where i want to talk more just about selena and her legacy and just her in general outside of like her murder and everything like that but um I watched a lot of interviews on the Selena series, and one that I watched was Suzette, her sister, said that there were a lot of scenes in the new series that actually made her tear up because they did it so well. It really took her back to that time because it was like almost exactly. I actually made the connection today I actually like the Selena series more than I like the movie now. And the reason why I like the Selena series is because the J-Lo movie is great and everything. J-Lo did an amazing job, but compared to the Selena series on Netflix, it really kind of just gives like a broad spectrum of her life. Whereas Mm -hmm. like part one, it shows the origins, it shows her middle school days, it shows her high school days.
0: It's a deeper dive.
2: It's a deeper dive into me. It's, And I'm sure there's, if I did a deep dive into it, I'm sure there's stuff that really didn't happen in it because every, you know, TV show has to put some kind of dramatized stuff in it to fill space. But to me, it was more realistic. It really showed how humble of a person, how real she was. She really just was a normal girl like everybody else who was just, you know, getting into singing and stuff like that. You know, they show her she wants to go off and go to this fundraising thing in high school so she can spend time with a boy. But they have to tour. Like there was just a lot of stuff in it that was realistic that made it relatable to her. Then she was already relatable on her own with all the media footage and coverage of her that you can find on YouTube. So. Got you. I also just feel like they really depicted Yolanda a lot better. The fact that you watch the 1997 movie. And I think we talked about this in part one, but Yolanda looks so much older. Like I think, she, I, I think growing up, I thought she was like 50 in the movie. And then to come to find out in yeah. research mm-hmm. that she's only 34, I'm going to be 30 in November. And she was only 34 when she shot Selena. That's right. crazy. I right. told Yeah. yeah. Totally thought she was way,
0: way older. I'll be thirty-two in um, just a couple days. My birthday's this weekend.
2: Yeah, so I'm excited for that. I already got you something.
0: You got me something.
2: Well, me and Sarah got you something. Oh,
0: really? You guys did something in secret, huh? Yeah. Oh.
2: Don't don't well, be going I, and bugging her. I,
0: I won't. I won't. I won't. Oh, Jory, what story are you doing next?
2: Um, I actually don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I'm going to well, tell you why I don't know, because I recently got a Discovery Plus account. So now I have all these unlimited documentary, true crime documentaries um, yeah. available to me. And as many of you have known from the billionth time that I've said it and the past couple episodes we've done, I'm a postal carrier and due to the pandemic, we are severely short-staffed. I work 12-hour days every day, so I don't really have a whole lot of time to just log on my computer or sit on my phone and just read article after article. So to kind of help me get better organized and make things easy, I got a Discovery Plus account so I can actually lay in bed and watch true crime documentaries and take notes where I can just kind of pick up my notebook, turn the documentary back on, and then go back to it because I personally have been dropping the ball lately since we got back into the podcast because i have just been struggling um playing the balancing act between everything with my job so it's no
0: big deal so
2: oh crap i forgot there was a whole thing i wanted to read oh my god there's hold on (laughs) so much stuff going on i have so many tabs open okay i found it hold on all right oh my god so just a couple other selena facts here before we sign off. So I don't know if you've ever heard of mentalfloss.com, a widely used website, It's just like facts and stuff like that. Have you heard of it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I looked up to see what mental floss had on Selena and I found a whole bunch of interesting stuff. So at number one, they have April 16th, 1995 is, or was Selena day in Texas. So just a few weeks after her passing uh george w bush which was you know then the governor of texas he officially declared that this day would be um selena day because it would have been on selena's 25th birthday i guess at one point a dallas democrat anna marie uh she actually sought out to make it an annual remembrance in 2019 of february She actually introduced a House Bill 2492 to the Texas State Legislature, but unfortunately that bill never passed. So there actually was an attempt to make an official annual Selena Day. We already knew that she had many other uh, things that she did outside of singing. She was a composer, fashion designer, and a lot of those things are on display at the Selena Museum in Corpus Christi, ran by her family Also, there isn't an official Selena Day, but I do know in Corpus Christi, once a year, they do hold an actual Selena festival in honor of her, which I've always wanted to go to.
0: Oh yeah, that'd be awesome.
2: One of the biggest things that I found out that got me really excited because I kind of want to apply to this school just to take the class. Hold on, where's it at? I'm kind of going out of order here because I'm actually excited about it. I got to figure out. I got to take my MacBook to the Apple store because it's just been so slow. So the San Diego State University, which is a school of journalism and media studies, they uh, offer a class on Selena.
0: Wow, really?
2: Yeah. So Dr. Nathan Shea Rodriguez, assistant professor at the San Diego State University School of Journalism, he actually teaches a class called Selena and Latinx media representation. So it's basically... The class description reads as follows, and I'm quoting this from the Mental Floss page. Meditated representation of intersectional Latinx identities by analyzing the Tejano singer, singer Selena. Latinx media, audience, and niche marketing, historical and contemporary issues of Latinx representation identity, formation, maintenance on digital media. Wow. So I really want to include that when we do the video on her because i really want to know like what does this class entail like other than learning everything about selena i actually think it's a specific class just how to properly represent selena is how i'm interpreting it because like i said before in part one the cantina family really, really 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 holds the legacy of selena on a pedestal. Like, mm-hmm. they weren't even sure if they wanted to show in the movie that she eloped with Chris Perez in the movie, because they didn't want that to um, transfer over to their younger audience that Selena was supporting, um, basically, elopement, you know?
0: Oh uh, why not?
2: Well, also, one thing that I learned about Selena, there seems like there's probably a lot more to her of how she was as a person that the family just doesn't want seen because they want her to come off so pure and i think that's why there's been some controversy between the cantonia family and chris perez in the books that he's wrote on his wife because he wants to show that she was a person, you know, she was a normal person, she wasn't perfect. You can't put that she was perfect. Right. Yeah. Or on anybody. So like i said, there's so much more information Like, if I were to really do, like, 100% deep dive from start to finish, there's a reason why that podcast, Anything for Selena, is, like, a 10-plus episode podcast. Like, there's so much information. All right, and then just a little couple tidbits here. We were just talking about how Selena was a huge supporter of school. Um She earned her high school diploma from the American School of Correspondence, which means she was basically doing school by mail at the age of 17. And then later on, she enrolled. Like, Okay, so she died at 23. So between 17 and 23, she enrolled at the Pacific Western University as a business administration major. And she left school in eighth grade to focus on her career. Her dad pulled her out in eighth grade and she graduated from high school before turning 18. And within this time, she's already got a business degree and she travels on the road. all the time she was extremely intelligent Mm -hmm. big fun fact that i found out when watching the tv series is the song bitty bitty bomb bomb which is very very big uh popular song out of all of her hits she actually wrote that song and i loved in the selena series they actually portrayed her showing motivation to want to write some of her own songs because when she was going solo she's like you know I'm not going to have A.B. there who was her producer to help me. I have to learn all this stuff. And the last fact that I am going to end on, she does have a Hollywood star. And then the last fun fact that I'm going to share relates to my job is Selena was on a postage stamp. Oh.
0: Very nice.
2: Which I would love to hunt that down. It's probably a lot of money. But in 2011, which is so interesting because that's the year I graduated, she was on a stamp with her image. It was for Latino musician. I cannot fucking talk today. Um, Well, I'm going to have fun saying these other names. But um, Tito Puente? Puente? Fuente? Maybe it's Fuente? Anybody in the Latino community, I am so sorry. Carmen Miranda, Carlos Gardel, and Celia Cruz were the other um, Latino musicians that she was alongside on the postage stamp. And that's all the facts that I have on Selena for now until we make our other video.
0: Yeah, why don't you tell them a little bit about that video?
2: We are trying to get a Patreon up and going. And because I am such a huge Selena fan and there's so much more outside of her murder um, and Yolanda that I would love to talk about. I really just want to talk about her and her personality, some of the promotions that she did. I really want to talk about um, just some of her interviews really just her in general as a person outside of her as an artist. Um, I think it would be fun to find her signature lipsticks and try them on, kind of talk about her style um, and just really a deep dive of her influence on the Tejano industry, on people in general, the fashion industry, and just really the waves that she was making for herself as a female artist because I just think As a female, she, I was not, obviously I'm Caucasian. And I looked up to her so much when I was little because I was like, oh my gosh, look at her do all these things. She's a singer. She's a fashion designer. She's got a college degree. To me, there was nothing she couldn't do. And that's because she put her mind to it. But I loved her fashion. Um, I know that you can find some of her old, pieces from her salon boutique and they run for a very pretty penny and i really want to talk more about the family the museum ab because ab he's still a producer kumbia kings i believe is his band that he has been uh the manager of now but really just a deep dive on the family and you know talk about ab and suzette and abraham and the other family members and what they're doing you know part one and part two was really just to cover you know who selena was you know her upbringing how she got her start oh actually i'm forgetting the most important freaking fact biggest biggest fact that i almost almost forgot and then we'll we'll stop from there but her last performance was sold out that was at the houston's astrodome on february 26 1995 to over 66,000 fans wow crazy huge she opened up with a um, it's actually one of my favorite. She opened up with a disco melody and she wore this gorgeous, gorgeous, shimmery burgundy, just bell bottoms. I loved her fashion. There was nothing that she was scared to wear and she always like um, in a lot of her popular music videos she always wears Chris's red shirt that she had tied up. Just loved her fashion. Just loved her as a person. I think that was why it was so heartbreaking to me when I first saw the 1997 movie because I'm watching this movie and I'm watching this story unfold and she's just this genuine, bubbly person. Daughter, sister, friend, and and role model to all these people, and then this person just freaking takes her life because she can no longer be closer to her. So it's just it's crazy. Yeah. So I just think it would be fun to do a deep dive in the history of Tejano music. Kind of talk more about Tejano music and the history of it. Talk about like each album.
0: Really, just a deep dive in her career. You know, just... learn how to pronounce the names of the artists. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say wrong this time? I don't know, probably online. everything.
2: <laughs> everything. Yeah. We're finally going to get comments and it's going to be like um find a co-host that can pronounce words. <laughs> All right.
0: Speaking of comments, we would really appreciate it if you'd stop by iTunes and rate us and leave us a comment. It helps us get noticed by more listeners. Stop by StrangeHeartland.com, check out the site, submit your story to us, and we will read them on a listener episode of the podcast in the future.
2: Check out our sweet merch.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. With that said, I'm Mike. I'm Jory. Stay spooky, folks, and good night.
1: And good night. They have made me out to be, to be a monster. And I just want to say I did not kill Selena, it was an accident and my conscience is clear she was like a cuddling bear teddy bear that she would allow you to to love her I told her that that I loved her like a daughter and she goes, you know, I give you that right she would call me mom uh, on the phone she She called your mom? yeah, she says, hi mom, how you doing? and that shot caused Selena to bleed to death she was running toward the lobby she just bled to death I was telling her to leave. And I said, I, it's over, Selena, it's over. I can't work for you no more. I can't work for you no more. She went down, she grabbed my feet, and she got up, and she says, Mom, we need to talk about this, we need to talk about this, and gonna close the door. And when she was walking to the door, she was going at an angle. And I told her, don't closed the door and in that instant the gun went off. But why didn't it hit you? Because I was pointing to the door and it just went. Did you know she was hit? No, I did not know. There was blood along the door seal. I didn't even look at the door. But there was blood all over the room. How could you not see it? The pictures that I see, they're dots. Why didn't you? commit suicide when you were in the car all those nine and a half hours there were many things going through my mind I could hear her in my mind telling me stay behind stay behind I hear her tell me you don't commit suicide because I'll never see you in heaven jurors didn't believe Saldivar it took them less than three hours to convict her Prosecutor Valdez insists there was no evidence of an accidental shooting. This was a a simple case of cold-blooded murder. There was an intent involved, and she did exactly what she set out to do.